Good evening, everyone. Today begins the first Editors on Editing meeting, which I had talked about for a while now since last year, I think October or maybe sooner than that. But I wanted to get this going for, you know, because we've been working on the writer's devotional by, by the amazing author Amy Peters. And this is a wonderful book that she's written. And we've been able to, you know, talk about it and uh, be able, uh, able to work on it. And we haven't done so lately, but I wanted to bring the editors on editing section because she does have a section on there in her book. And on on a good note, today I'm going to have the first editors on editing meeting with our first guest, which will be Mark Anthony Rossi. He's an author, amazing author, and he's also an editor. And he's going to come talk to us about editing tonight. So be sure to check out The Daily with Silstein here on Anchor. And we'll get started in a little bit. I hope you'll join us. Thank you. Have a happy, happy Monday. Hi, Sylvia. Yes, uh, good evening. Hi, Mark. Uh, this is Sylvia from The Daily. I'm glad you finally were able to connect. I don't know what technical issues were going on, but they seem to be happening a lot lately. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight on The Daily with Phil Stein for this first Editors on Edit. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a busy schedule and everything, but for those uh, listeners, they didn't get a chance to listen to you last time you were on. Can you please introduce yourself before we dive into the editing? Oh, sure. Um, I'm Mark Anthony Rossi. I'm author of about 15 different books. I'm also a playwright. And for the past five or six years, I've done uh, some associate editing of various publications. And over the past year, I have my own publication, the Aerial Chart which I've been the editor-in-chief and bringing in uh, new writers uh, sometimes for their first credits. Wow, that's, a, that's quite a, a repertoire of things that you do, Mark, as always, like last time, you know, you do it all, like the writing, the playwright, you know, and also, which requires editing in itself, and now you have this whole department of uh, where you also edit that, so that's why it, it was important to have you on. Thank you for, for volunteering to come on the show to do that because you told me this a long time ago I would like to you know come to the show to talk about that and I do appreciate that yeah and I do as well I've only had a few opportunities to talk about editing normally I'm speaking about the books or plays or or just writing in general that's good that's good no and and I appreciate that um so thank you again for being on uh tonight on the daily with so sign but what I wanted to let you know is that because if you listen to the show on the daily, I talk a lot about a book called The Writer's Devotional, which is a book uh, written by an author named Amy Peters, and she talks about writers on editing, uh, writers' uh, motivation. Uh, every day there's a, a different during the week. So this is why I wanted to do... Um, an editing, uh, editors on editing, because it's important to talk about, like you said, you know, you don't have too many opportunities to do that, but the main reason was that I was motivated to do it was 
because I've been talking a lot about, you know, what writers should do, um, motivating a writer, a writing prompt. So I wanted to bring, you know, experts that could talk to us about editing. So you're the first one here on Anchor to come to the show. So what I wanted to ask you first is, what does editing, first of all, mean to you? Well, editing means to me a, a lot like the process of, of being a single adult for a, a number of years, yeah. where you work on yourself, and then when you finally get married and have children, that's your opportunity to, to do things outside of yourself, to bring your information and your knowledge and what you've learned in the world to that next generation. Editing is a lot like that. You don't get to be a writer as much as you have to now supervise other people's writings, the direction that they might want to go, what's good and, and what's bad according to what you've what you've learned. So it's a way to give back to an artistic community. Wow, that that's a, that's a very insightful way. I've never, I mean, the way you, you did that analogy, I never thought of it that way, but it makes perfect sense. It, it, and I love the answer. This is why, you know, when I, you know, I was thinking of questions to ask, you know, I didn't know quite what I was going to ask. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to know what the rest of the editors um, will say, you know, all, you know, in because in, in, every editor has their own insight. So this is really a, a very good answer. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, you're, you're, you're welcome. I mean, obviously, it's just my viewpoint of how I go about things, but I, I try to do things very differently with Aerial Chart to where the folks can leave not just with a credit mm -hmm. on a resume, but maybe some, some additional information or or path that they hadn't considered before. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it makes perfect sense. And then, like I said, I love that. I, I hope that I can quote you on it when I share the, you know, because sometimes I have to share the, initially I share the show, but I'm trying to work on where I, when I can get some time to add a caption to the show because it, this way people can get a little bit of quotes from what you said during the interview to make it more interesting. Well, that would be great. You know? What was that? I'm sorry. So that'll be great. That that that's that's a wonderful idea, and you certainly have my my permission from that. It's I think it's important just as an editor to be able to add, you know, your own uh, two cents to this because I'm very sure from working with many editors in the past, both as a writer and and as an associate editor, and then as an editor, that you can have 25 editors in a room, and you're gonna have about like 17,000 different opinions on, on how to go about things yeah and doesn't necessarily mean that most of them are wrong either no exactly no and, and I've, I've worked with different types of editors and different types of fields like whether it's a journalistic piece or a fictional piece or a non-fiction piece um i didn't add this to your question but i was going to ask do you feel that that adds a different element of editing or do you feel all editing is the same I don't think that all editing is the same as all because you can be an editor in the technical sense of you're simply trying to be a guardian of the English language or whatever language you're editing in. Exactly. Just be that and then simply say, I'm not here to worry about, you know, the other things that are, that are, that are happening in your life and I'm not, I'm not interested in what you've going on through publishing. I'm just here to make sure that you don't make a lot of gram grammatical errors, and that's it. And you could be that kind of editor, yes. and there's nothing wrong with that kind of editor, but it's not the kind of editor that, that I want to be. Okay. So, 
So what kind of editor do you, would you describe yourself as? I, I think I'm more of the editor that that wants to um, be like a cheerleader. You, you want to you want to be able to protect the language that, that they're writing in, and you want to be able to help them to write better. Yeah. But you also want to be able to find things that they're doing right, and, and and cheer them on. There's so much rejection out there from their family, from other publishers, from other editors, from friends. Why add to that? Try to try to give them something positive. So you want to be more like a mentor, because obviously you're a mentor to these writers, but you also want to be there to cheer them on. Not always, because there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of, uh, you know, to be a writer, you have to grow really thick skin because, you know, a lot of the critiques aren't always kind. And you want to be also that other type, you want to share that other element of, of the editing side that also offers positivity in what they are doing right. Correct. And you can you can do this. I I say even in the rejection process. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have written extensively to a writer and saying, "Listen, this piece is not going to fit my magazine. It doesn't really reach the quality that I'm expecting. Okay. Here's some ideas on what you can do. Try again. Send it back over to me. I will look at it again. It's not like you're rejected forever. At the moment, this is not going to work for me. Give them some pointers. Give them something positive about what's good and what's bad." And, and let them work on it. I've had some people come back, and, and it, it was really great. Other times, you never hear from them again. But I, I, I like that kind of editing more than just, yeah. you know, this stinks and have a good day. Yeah, exactly. It's like the feedback. You're you're giving them constructive uh, uh, feedback to, so they can work on what what they can, and then maybe they try again, and this time they get in. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Or. I insist on on my, my I'm the poetry editor, besides the chief editor, editor, and I literally had her come on board with the same philosophy of you're going to give people who you reject some pointers. We're not going to do a form letter ever. Everyone's going to get a personal response. If that's not something you want to do, then this is not a place for you. I've got to turn people away because I don't want to do that. That's not my job. Well, in this place, it is your job. I found somebody who did that, and that's great. And she does it with the fiction. I do it with the poetry, and uh, we we believe it's a, a way to give back to the community and, and maybe make people better writers. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and I love that. That that's so it, it's so great that you mentioned that because that's also very important. So, Mark, what is your editing process, and do you have one? Yes, I I definitely do. Speaking just about the poetry, because that's mostly what I, I deal with. The first thing that I, I tell poets is, and this is what always confounds them sometimes, is your title, in many ways, means even more than the body of the poem. It's your advertising tool. It's your banner about what's going on. It makes no sense to have 24 great lines and then your title is absolutely horrible, or something I've already seen 20,000 times. This is my poem, Mark, and it's called Nature. Really? I just got 20 of those last week. Are you kidding me? So I, I, I always look for that. I want to know, do you have an interesting title? Have you thought about that? Because that, that's, that's a real advertising piece. And then I go from there. Oftentimes, I have to reject poems because the title is horrible or it's just simply too, too boring and, and not creative enough. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, it, and it's good to have a process. And... And did you always have a process, or is that is that did that come with uh, you growing as a writer and as a mentor and as a 
did that come did you always have or did you come upon it as you as you as, by with the writers that you worked with or what you learned well i i found as as writing poetry that oftentimes there's not enough information or time to really consider what the poem is about sometimes people just write a poem they believe it's a good poem and, and everything else is an afterthought and that that sort of ruins things and, and that ruins your chances out there because most of the times no one's going to spend any time telling you anything about what's wrong with that poem you're just going to get a rejection letter yeah. so by using that philosophy i said hey as an editor let me just talk about some of those things that, that i am concerned yeah. about that might be able to help them give them another chance and, and that's worked that we've gotten a lot of folks who return to us with something better exactly and that's what i like that about what you what you you've been trying to do from when i had you last time and you spoke about what you do for writers and what you and what you give back to the community i think that's so important that you take the time to write feedback that helps these writers you know you said some of them come back some of them don't but but just the fact that you take the time to give them pointers to where you know to where they need to go it's just you know not everyone does that you know it is uh, we 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 know that's why we were hoping that by doing that not only can we add something new and something beneficial to the artistic community but also in a way uh, uh, even in a marketing type of sense it, it helps us stand out a little bit compared to another literary journal exactly exactly and, and that's really good that you touched up on that so why do you think in your opinion why do you think editing editing is so important or should be important well i i believe that if the editor is is going to try to be some kind of partner with the writer because that's ultimately what you're supposed to be even if you don't take my mentoring approach even if you just take a a straight black and white hard line english okay. grammar approach you're still supposed to be some kind of partner with that writer imparting on to them something useful that they could learn so maybe they can submit to some place else because now they've improved on something or they saw something they didn't see before that's really what editing is supposed to be about more than uh, i think a, a mentor or a supervisor they're really supposed to be the captain of that ship and for the captain of that ship everybody needs to listen because they have a lot of experience to know yeah. where to go right and where to go wrong yeah like kind of steering you in the right direction right like captain does and that's what they that's what i think that we we should be doing as an editor yeah exactly i i agree i agree 100% on that now as i said before i've been using a book called the writer's devotional by author amy peters and in there there was a quote uh, that random house had that talked about um when you uh you know when you write or describe um basically it talked about aiming for vividness in describing um like when you write dialogue it, it, you're supposed to aim it to uh use colorful words and expressions for your characters and make them more believable in your case when you look at poetry what is it as an editor that you can kind of give us a feedback on as far as you think that that it there is more believable when you add colorful expressions or words to what they're writing or it depends on on what they're working on 
Well, I, I happen to think that, that it's important, but it, it's only important if they're trying to talk about a subject that's been talked about before and yeah. trying to use different and interesting and more unique expressions for it. If it's just about, hey, I just threw a whole page of colorful stuff over here. I think this is great. Well, that might not work either. No, exactly. So um, can you give us an example? Of course, you, you know, you can't give somebody's workout, but as far as what... As you, as an editor, uh, Mark, you know, because you're an, you're a writer, and you're also an editor, and you you're a playwright. Now, what is it like? Uh, do you feel like you have to put all thinking caps on when you're when you're editing somebody else's work or your own work? I, do you do you feel like you have to be the writer and the editor, or how how do you go about that? No, it, it's it's a lot like an a, an actor. So, some actors feel that the best way they can inhabit the role that they're going to play is to find a piece of clothing or something that that character would wear and put it on because it helps them understand more and it also helps them learn the dialogue better and maybe some of the mannerisms and that's really the same way with with being an editor of a, of a play or of a poem or a fiction piece or whatever it is oh this is that role now i need to be able to put myself on the poetry role Maybe next week I'm going to put myself in the playwriting role because they do require different different eyes. Exactly, and they do, and they do. Now, you you said you work on the poetry side of your is it your magazine, right? Yeah, that the literary journal we have on on the internet, Ariel. Okay, uh, can you spell that out for us? Yeah, it's two words. It's Ariel, A R I E L, and then chart, C H A R T. Okay, Aerial Chart, and it's a it's a literary magazine that you have, correct? Yeah, it's an international um, literary magazine that's on the internet, and um, we only publish short poetry and short fiction from people around the world in English. Okay, now, and that, that's wonderful. So, you know, if you want to, those of you listening, you want to check that out, be sure to uh, uh, reach out. Is there a, a way to reach? out to you because I think you mentioned it last time but for those that were not listening at that in that other interview is there a way to reach out to you or can they just reach out to you through the magazine yeah they can easily do that once you put aerial chart into Google it automatically comes up to that and you'll see in the you know in the, the contact pages how, how to reach me that's at aerial chart at gmail.com so it, it's it's very easy to do okay now I was gonna say uh, when you work on the poetry and you have the person working working in fiction as an editor what is the is, do you go more into the grammar side of things first or do you look more at the content of what they wrote well and that's that's actually a very good question because you have to you have to approach the poem in this case for me to me it's all about the content because if the content is something that's more unusual or, or more unique or, or something that's not written about a lot, you can give some more leeway to how they're writing it and how they're presenting it. Yeah. But if they're okay. just giving you another love story about, yeah, I love this girl and I haven't talked to her yet because she's across the side of the room and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's so a cliche thought that that actually requires a far better poem, a far better vocabulary that you're using. Something that's that's old needs something new, and vice versa. Okay, yes, and and that's what I was gonna get to because I 
I'm more of a fiction writer and what I was trying to say in the element and that that was a very good description of what you said but I was going to say in, for the fiction side it's just like when uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Walter Mosley he's an author yeah. that wrote a book called This Year You Write Your Novel and he's very blunt just the way uh, the way you're saying things you know to say them directly and he said you know it's like when you're reading a story and then all of a sudden the person is uh, whether it's the person's not educated, let's, let's just say an example, and all of a sudden they use this big word in their dialogue when they're talking to someone else, and and he says, why is that not correct in the story? Because, well, first of all, the person is, is, is throughout the story, you're listening to him not being educated, and all of a sudden when he's having a conversation with a friend of his, he starts throwing out these words that doesn't make sense to the story. Does that, do you get where I'm coming from? I do. So, so this, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you find that a lot of the pieces that you get, or the fiction, the other editor who does fiction, do you can't, you know, I can't speak for them, but I'm saying, do you find that sometimes that's what you have to look at first to make sure the fluency. In, is consistent because I, I know another author I know mentioned consistency in a story. Do you feel, or in a poem, do you think that should come through more in your own opinion when you're editing than grammar, or do, or what, why or why not? Well, I'm I'm not thinking consistency in that same way. I, I'm thinking right. more about being authentic, and okay. that's really what I think Walter Mosley is talking about. I mean, you, you can't you can't have a character that has a fifth grade education selling drugs on the street in some crime-riven area and he's speaking like Shakespeare. It doesn't make any sense. He just ruined the whole story. Exactly. I love that. That That's exactly the example that what you just said makes perfect sense because that's what he was trying to establish that you can't have somebody speaking. You know, it's like, uh, you know, all of a sudden the, the guy becomes a poet and he, he, you know, he's over here with fifth grade education. Not saying that people who don't get an education can't write poetry but when this person you know is being described as this is their life this is what they did and they're they're having a hardship all of a sudden they go you know like you gave the example of Shakespeare that just doesn't really happen no it, it, it doesn't and we, we get a, a number of I don't know maybe 10 15 percent of, of, of poets and a lot of them from around the world but they have a more academic setting. And because they do, they tend to write in that same kind of boring fashion. I usually have to reject them and remind them, listen, if you're using words like surreal every other sentence and plethora and all these other words and juxtaposition, all these boring cliche academic words, I already know you're not being serious about this. You're just throwing words in there to make it look good. But it doesn't look good because I've seen it 15,000 times already. I'd rather take the fifth grade person than that. Yeah, yes, exactly. Everyone writes poetry in a different manner. There's the academia, as you said, but then there's those people that are uh, writers that are natural with the poetry. Like, I've met people all around that some of them are poets in their natural right. Some of them just love writing poetry, and some of them aren't. don't have the same academic uh Style, but yet they come up with these wonderful, wonderful poems that I get to read. And you would think that they 
got published already because of their work. You know what I mean? I, I do. I, I really think that it comes down more to anything else about being authentic to the subject you're writing about or at least being true to yourself because I don't mind taking a poem from some girl in, who's a junior in college if she's writing about something that, that's real to her and she's trying to make it sincere and she's trying to make it happen we might be able to even help her but I can tell right away someone like that versus someone who's just who's just playing a game with words a poet is not a, a word player it, it, it's really a person that's using words to build something new, that uh, something uh, to express that, that no one else has, has done before in that type of manner. That's what they're supposed to be striving for. Exactly, exactly. And then there are those that uh, do both. Um, do you find as an editor, you're also a teacher? Uh, do you feel like, um, you know, you're a mentor, you're an editor, but do you find yourself as when you edit that you're also teaching the right way, not that you're trying to tell them what to do, but you're kind of pushing them. Like you said, a captain that steers the ship, uh, the, the ship um, with, you know, towards what they need to do when they're, with their work. But do you also feel like a teacher in a way? Sometimes you don't have a, a, a real choice with that. And, and I've actually had a, a number of ugly situations where um, a professor from a writing program in, in, in college would send me their work and, and the work is horrible and I'm, un, I'm wondering privately how can you be an English professor and give me this but then publicly I'm you know I'm sending them an email about listen I, I can't take this kind of work it's pretend it's pretentious and, and it has profanity in it and we don't even publish profanity I go this is not helpful I don't know if you're trying to be young again or you're trying to be hip with the with the students or if this is just the way you talk and, and, and write, but it's just not acceptable. And you get a lot of times they, they'll, they'll email you back being mad. I run this magazine. I'm, I'm a college professor 30 years. I'm like, that's all great, but you're making my point here. Why do you need to use five curse words in a poem that's 30 lines? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, everyone has their own style, but yes, you make a good point. So, so you, so you even, you know, had to reject, you know, like you said, it, people that have been professors in a, in, but it, the work is the the quality of the work that you're looking for is not there correct yeah it's not and i'm wondering what they're teaching because this this work is horrible yeah so so everyone like i said this is why i love you know wanting to work with this uh this show for editors on editing because i wanted writers or people that are listening in that uh, have you know to get a different perspective of what it is to uh, not just be a writer but also the, the editing side like you said you don't get too many opportunities to share this kind of insight so it's kind of you know it's, it's always great to get different types of feedback on it to see what what the consensus is you know uh, and, and I and I agree because I, I think if a, a, a writer in particular were to listen to four or five of these interview programs with people with these different viewpoints, you know, it'll, it'll help shape about maybe what direction they want to go to understand, you know, what, what's out there and, and generally what's what's expected. Exactly, exactly. Now, as, exactly, I appreciate that. Now, as far as um, yourself as a now, what what are the, like, as, as, as you, you're moving forward in, in your work, what is it that you're, uh, besides your literary magazine, which congratulations on that, 
Uh, what are you? El- what other projects do you have coming or in the, are in the works for you? Well, I have my own little publishing company uh, called uh, Soma Publishing, and I'm, I'm, I got I got back the rights or, or uh, got from other companies some of my other manuscripts. So I've been putting those putting those out in electronic form, you know, putting new covers on them and some new information, and you know, mm-hmm. kind of updating them and putting those out there. And I even have a, a, a new a new writer. To, that I published a, a, a young lady who's done a, a really great, great uh, poetic work, and it's the first time she ever got published in in, in a book form. So, amazing right about that because it, it's it's also wonderful to to um, to read or to help publish a, a woman because that's a, a, another another side of the world that men don't always get to see, and it's a good learning experience as well for me. Yes. Well, that that's good. That's good that um, you you're able to do that and, and mentor and also give advice to to this new author and uh, that you were about that carries yeah. that you know for, give some uh, a push towards what you know what we want to do. That's that's amazing. You know. Yeah, she she did it. She's been writing for a long time and got a lot of. Uh, things out there published but never could really get a hold of somebody to put together a, a, a book of, of her material and that happens more and more these days and it's you know it's sad but sometimes uh, the best way out of this sort of thing is to try to uh, um, create some some other avenue yourself sometimes that's what all this electronics is about is you know creating new ways for us to get our material out there and get our voice heard rather than just waiting for some some ancient uh, publishing establishment that seems to leave more and more people behind. Okay, yes, uh, that's a very good point you made. So, what is uh, one piece of advice you uh, you can give a writer or any writer you have worked with, like as far as as an editor and also as an author, because you you you've done it all. Well, I think that the the one thing I would tell writers and that I often tell them is. It's not necessary to completely know who you are as a person. Sometimes that could take years for somebody to really know who they are. But they should not be writing without having an established point of view. Period. You need to have a point of view about things about the world, even basically about yourself. If you don't even know that, it's extremely difficult to write or to try to be original. You're just going to be a, a word slinger, and that doesn't really mean a whole lot. I mean, you might as well just go into rap music then. If you're looking to be a writer, you got to have some kind of point of view. Whether it's I'm into women's rights, or you know I'm into saving Africa from the diseases, or and I believe there's space aliens out there, or you know I, I think I, I should write in a modern way, or I think I, I have an old-fashioned viewpoint about romance. Have a point of view, and that's a good start for your writing. So, so would you uh, cla- uh, classify that as? like know your target audience of who you're trying to speak to correct well you can know your audience and start writing towards that but in the end if you're writing against who you are that doesn't really help if you're somebody who really really hates westerns it's really hard to write a western for western people Mm -hmm. so you still have to know your own point of view I I mean I give you an example I know a, a young lady that was uh, a very conservative young lady, and she was given an assignment by a publisher to write about a, a, a young lady's trials and tribulations 
after having an abortion. Well, she found herself extremely difficult to do the research and to try to get into that person's head when she was somebody that was steadfast against that sort of thing. Yes, yes, yes. So it, she couldn't really bring the life to it or the authenticity to it. So it's not really a project she should take because now that she understands her own point of view, that wasn't a project for her. And that's not really a, a good or a bad thing in terms of abortion is good or abortion is bad. But it is a, a, a good or bad thing artistically about what you can really do versus what you can't. So basically, be comfortable also with what you with the, with what you're able to write. Like, of course, you know, writers I believe should push themselves, but never in a place where they feel their integrity is being challenged. Correct. And, and that's a that's an excellent way of putting it. Really, they keep telling us, and I keep saying that this is wrong. That writing is a lot like acting. It's not really. There's a couple comparisons here and there, but they're really different forms. As an actor, you could be all kinds of characters. You didn't have to be an alcoholic in real life to be an alcoholic in character. But that's not the same thing as a writer. A writer who's an alcoholic who's recovering, they might find it really difficult to write an alcoholic character without having all kinds of problems because that's something that should be against, and that's something they should be always fighting to to save themselves from. So they're 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 not really the same thing. Sometimes you can't go where you shouldn't be. Yeah, it depends on the writer and it depends on the story. But yes, there's some. It depends on on a lot because there's a lot of people that have been able to write about their own experiences and and like a, like their own personal story or they or they put it into their own fictional writing. Uh, there's people that can cha- channel it into a positive thing. Some some cannot, but. There, there, it's just a different variety of what you can do. It just depends on the writer and what they're trying to say. You know? And, and, I, and, I, and I totally agree, but it, that definitely goes right down to just having a good inkling about something about yourself. What line you want to cross and what line you don't want to. Okay. So you don't have to know everything about yourself, but you should know some basic things. Exactly, exactly. Know that, it, like I said, it's it's always wonderful, Mark, to have you on the show. I, I really appreciate you coming to speak to us about uh, editing. I know it wasn't a lot of questions, but I just wanted to get a like a general idea of what, of what editing means to you and represents. And my goal for this, you know, to when, once I get more editors, of course, your your uh, interview will be available in a little while as soon as it's processed on Anchor. And I'll be sharing that. But what my goal is, is when I have time this week, I would like to get some quotes from what you said to place them for the show. So that way you can get more people to listen in. And then you could also share it on your own author pages that you have. Oh, that's that's great. And that's uh, that's a great honor. Thank you. No, no. Thank you for being patient, for working with me through. You know, one, one of the things about Mark is that he's a family man. He knows about family. I, I have my own family, too. So, you know, he's very gracious to whenever I say, no, I can't do it now. He's very understanding about that because he's had his own, you know, his children, you know, it, with illness. I hope everybody's well now for you, Mark. Yeah, thankfully. You know, they, my daughter finally recovered. And it, it's always one thing or another. Life happens, and we have to take care of family. Uh, and I agree. And I, I tried to stress that to uh to other writers too that um, you know, we still have lives besides just being writers yes. and sometimes uh, you have to put that on hold just for a little but 
to get something else done. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you betrayed the art or, you know, compromise your values or something. Part of our values is making sure that we take care of the people we love, too. Exactly, exactly. No, it's always wonderful. Now, are you working on any uh, play? Uh, you're a playwright. Are you doing any any of that now? Yes, I, I am. I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to work on a, a play to to get it done here uh, shortly because it'll be the last play I'm going to write for a while. I'm going to take a break from playwriting to get onto a couple of, of science books that I wanted to uh, finish up on. But I'm writing a play about a a, a man that. Um, has hidden the fact that his his mother was gay, uh, and he did that from his father. And his father had um, divorced the woman, always thinking that he was at fault for for some of her disappointments, never realizing that she was gay all along. And now that he's dying of cancer, I decided in the play to say, "Listen, if you're not going to tell him the truth, then I'm going to have to because this is simply wrong that he's going to die never knowing." And having that regret on him, it's well, just it's not a, good It's him. almost like he's out. Uh, you could say he's kind of outing his mother, but he wants to uh, let his father know because he's going to. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what's happening. But he's trying to give her a last chance to out herself. But it might have to be that he has to do it for her. <laughs> wow. Well, let me know how that. Uh, you know, once you you know have it, I don't know if you're going to. Are you going to be having people act on it or, or, or try to produce it into a play that, that people get to see? Or Well, yeah, I'm going to send it to a couple of theaters. Um, I've done a number of plays with all kinds of characters that I'm not a part of. Spanish characters, black characters. I've never done anybody with gay characters before, so I'm going to send it to some theaters that do a lot of gay plays and see what they think. Uh, I, I don't know how controversial it would be because I'm not trying to be controversial, but I think it's a an adult topic that they might be interested in. But, you know, it's called Outing Mom, so it, <laughs> it's not like it's going to be a, a mystery of what that's about. Uh, hopefully, they'll, they'll be interested in doing it, and uh, and I'm interested to see how that how that's going to going to work out. Well, you know, it's uh, you know every I think everyone has something to say. You know, all like all of us have. You know, all, all, all people, you know, it, it's like they say, love is love. Everyone has their own opinions, but, you know, it's good that you push yourself to write different things, even though sometimes, you know, not everyone's comfortable with whatever it is, but the whole point is for to get people talking about it, you know. And I'm hoping that's going to be a, a, a fun a fun thing and, and, and something that's successful, but yeah, it'll be my last one for a while. I'm I'm be happy to put that down for a while and get on to some other projects I want to do because writing plays is is it's a lot more difficult than even writing an entire book. Well, yeah, and like I said, you know, writing plays is like people that do Broadway. A lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these musicals, you know, they start off from something really dark, either taken from a book, take uh, Wicked, you know, even though you know everybody focuses on. You know the Wicked Witch and stuff like that, but it was a, a book that uh, you know Gregory Maguire turned into, you know, into a novel about, and it was all about the the Wicked Witch of the West. And then people had an obsession, and then they turned that into a musical. You know, so I mean, every everyone takes different things, you know, that add into different elements. And a lot of times, you know, people write about real life. You know, people, you know, it's like the different things you know like uh, some some are happy some are sad some are 
you know, and and also real life, you know, her plays, you know, it's always uh, like people have real, you know, characters that are, you know, are are going to either, you know, cause something to talk about or cause some type of emotion, and and that's what you're what you're going for. Yeah, I'm 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 excited anyway, because um, uh, it's not dark. Some of my plays are more serious. This one is a little less serious. I'm trying to have a little bit more fun with it, yeah. and it's still coming from love because he loves his parents. He's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think I hope that'll that'll come through because it's not really about gay rights. It's just as much about just loving your parents. Well, that that's good, and and that's what that's that's what I said. Everybody has different. A political stance, so that's why I don't really talk about that. But yes, I I, uh, I understand where you're where you're coming from as a writer as, as well. So thank you for sharing about uh, what you're working on, and thank you for coming to talk to us about the ed- editing side on editors of, on editing. And I want to thank you for sharing your insights with us tonight. And as always, good to have you on the show. And I hope you have a, a wonderful, wonderful evening. I appreciate that. You too. Thank you for being out there for all of us. No problem. And this has been uh, uh, Mark Anthony Rossi. Uh, he's an author, playwright, editor. He does it all. He has a literary magazine. As he said, you can reach out to him at Aerial Chart, and it's online. Correct, Mark? Yes, it's online. And you can, you know, you can find all the information, and it's at aerialchart at gmail.com. You can reach out. And when you uh, look it up online, and you can connect with him. And as always, thank you for joining us here on The Daily here on Anchor with Phil Stein. We really appreciate you having you on. Thank you. You have a great evening you as too. well. Take care. Bye-bye.